0: Happy happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the Complete Center's Guide. Josh and I are back for a new year of CSG. We have William Tanksley joining us tonight to kick off our brand new 10-episode series. For the first episode, we're getting practical and discussing the what's and the why's of the Christian faith. Why does Jesus, a crucified Jewish carpenter, matter? And what in the world does Christianity have to do with my life 2,000 years after the fact? We begin to examine these questions and more throughout these 10 episodes. But Josh, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little more about what they can expect from tonight's episode?
1: Well, again, Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to those who haven't heard it from me personally. But tonight I'm excited that we're going to be talking about Christianity as. Uh, a religion. I know some people think that's a dirty word, but it is a religion, and I'm fine with that. I'm a very religious person, but uh, what we want to do is try to articulate, let's say, the ground level, the, the 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 ground floor, the foundation of what it means to have Christianity as a, as a worldview, and and what it is that shapes what we mean by Christianity. And then the, su- the subsequent nine episodes we're going to have following this one, what we're going to try to do is is go even further and articulate what it means to be a Christian, not necessarily just the theological or doctrinal beliefs that form Christianity, but those things that we have in ourselves and in our behavior and in our, our, our own walk that shape what it is it means to be a Christian. If I said, how do I do that? What we're trying to do is aim at, the, those, those, First, we're getting the what and why, and then we're going to get the how episodes going. So that's pretty much what we're aiming at. But tonight, we have our friend William here, who's going to help us articulate some of these things on the on the ground floor of these doctrines. And uh, if you want, go ahead and intro yourself, William, and let us know who you are, and then we'll get started. Hey, I'm just some guy. Uh, <laughs> um, I love so,
2: <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I'm – I, I've been a Christian, you know, s- since I was a little kid. I, I grew up in a Christian house. We were all introduced through all the Bible studies and everything. And, um, I, I haven't, I'm not one of those people that has this amazing life-changing story. I see that happening around me, but, um, You know, I I, well, I went to a non-Christian college, so I got a lot of exposure. I I learned from uh, about you know how good, how great people are who aren't Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Right. And 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 uh, I've developed a kind of ministry um, trying to uh, help Christians learn to talk about some very difficult topics, um, in particular. Uh, the problem of hell. Um, I've also um, studied uh, Trinitarianism and Unitarianism and a bunch of big fancy words. I I learned how to translate from um, translate Latin specifically from my uh, college education. And so, you know, I, 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 I try to take on these big things, but um, it's just so much more useful to be able to explain things to my kids and to the people at church. Um, and so that's that's what we're looking at here, um, how, how to make all this uh, weird stuff practical, um, right? We're all on right. the same page there.
0: That's right. That's
2: right. Uh, so we've got all this uh, doctrine, and we've got things like uh, Christians talk about heresies. Um, and they, they, you know, kick each other out, or are they kicking each other out, or are they kicking out people who aren't Christians? And why would you want to do that anyway? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to answer all of those questions, because we only have an hour. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what Christians do believe, what brings us together, uh, and why, a little bit of why those are really, really important, so important that we can
1: call them necessary to being a christian so first things first how how would you introduce christianity as a set of let's say uh worldview propositions? these things that say these are the these are the most important things if you're if you're going to call yourself a christian you don't get to reject these things can you just give us a shorthand kind of list of how you would qualify those things yeah that that's funny because um, if I had a choice, I wouldn't want to
2: jump in that way, and and here's why. Um, when in our records of Jesus's life, the the uh, four gospels, um, we don't see Jesus giving a bunch of propositions most of the time. Okay. Okay. Most of the time, he tells really confusing stories. <laughs> um, deliberately, <laughs> they, they they seem to be made to confuse. And then when people come up afterwards and, you know, we have a few records of that, people came up afterwards and said, hey, what do you mean by that? Uh, and he explains it to them. Um, sometimes the explanations are really, really helpful. And, and sometimes they make you go, well, why didn't he just say that first? From the and other yeah. times the explanations just bring up more questions. And it, um, so, so why did he do that? Um, I, I think it's because the all these doctrinal lists aren't the main thing uh, about Christianity. Okay. Uh, the, the main thing about Christianity is this community of people who follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing, uh, Jesus said, he, he was giving a summary, and this is one of the few, <laughs> not, not the few, but one of the things he said very clearly, the main thing is love. Mm. Um, you, you take all those 600-odd commandments that God gave in the Old Testament And he said, the chief and most important of those commandments, the chief and most important commandment is love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So, you know, um, that's fine. But what does that mean? Because uh, we uh, we humans (laughs) are really good at fooling ourselves. Um I have so many times been just convinced I was being holy and loving and in hindsight I go, what was I thinking? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I really hurt somebody for no good reason. Other times I um it's been the opposite way. I try to be nice or um I try to make friends and I wind up um doing something I'm just that well, it hurt more people than it helped, right, mm-hmm. um, in the long run. Yeah. Let me ask you this one uh, So, So how do, how do we know? Uh, how do we balance that? And uh, to me, the answer is a little of both. We, right. we do have to have those doctrinal lists. We have to have the parables, the stories. We have to follow Jesus, and we have to try to love one another. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, that's fine. I, 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 love, the, I love the definition. Let me ask you this, though. How would you define love? In the in, in a Christian worldview, Ooh.
2: yeah yeah yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of individual items that I've prepared for that, but yeah. I think that the essence of it is being willing to give more than you can afford. On mm. um, being being willing to help someone else out, even if it hurts you. Yeah, yeah, Do um, that you that you doing something. Now, now it won't always you. hurt. Yeah, it, it won't always hurt us, um, but we do give. Uh, that's going to especially include forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. Forgiveness almost always hurts the person who's forgiving. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then, well, because be, they were already
1: hurt, right? right? Would it be accurate then to say that that love is something like like self sacrifice, like Jesus said, dying to yourself? What I think we're doing is kind of associating those two things, right, with the things you've described is to put others first and then yourself afterward
2: uh yeah to, that's that's a good way of depicting it um I, I so we can we can practice by putting other people first and ourselves afterwards um there's also the practice of putting considering others as alongside ourselves uh so it's not necessarily that we're trying to um Trying to hurt ourselves because they really are more important, but of trying to understand that they are
0: equal importance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it's um, one of one of the ways uh, that God in Paul in Romans five eight he says, "But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." You know, hitting on that self sacrificial uh, element of love, right?
2: Right. There's there's a uh, verse that uh, comes up in my studies a lot that um at the end of Mark 8 Jesus says um uh that if anyone wants to come after me to follow me he must take up his cross and deny himself. Yeah. Um he said take up his cross and did he mean to be crucified? Well, of course not. Did he mean to die? Well, not, of course, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Some sometimes um, sometimes being a Christian implies a risk of dying. But in general, if you're willing to if you're actually willing to die, it's so easy to talk about being willing to die. I can do that easily. But if you're actually willing to die, doesn't that mean you're willing to walk across the room and risk stepping on a Lego to help someone? Right. I mean, that's pretty painful.
1: <laughs> that is pretty painful. I can definitely attest to that one. Yeah,
0: that, that's that's one of the things that whenever you're a parent, you are. You will do that at one point in your life.
1: Step on one of and those it, Legos. And it will expose whether or not you use foul language when no one's mm-hmm. ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Um, Absolutely. So I so I, I want to bring out a point before we run out of, you know, before we take up too much time. Yeah. Um, I said earlier that part of love that Christ emphasized was um, this um, giving of self, this being willing to be hurt for someone else. Um, and I want to reemphasize that that includes forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um some of the scariest parables that Christ told, one of the scariest parables is about how important it is to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, you know, this person stole a ton of money from me or wasted a ton of money completely mm-hmm. lazily. They came up to me and said, Oh, look, I, I realized I was wrong. Was you forgive me? And, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says, say yes, and mean it and don't expect anything in return. I mean, the person will hopefully want to give that. The person will want to give it back, but they might, may not be able to. And if they can't, Mm -hmm. that has to be the final analysis. I think we'll come back to this because this all connects together. Of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then um, let's, let's move on to talking more about, let's say Christianity as a faith. Um, you put it as knowing who Jesus is, right. So the knowledge, what, right. So I I wanted to give, um, three points like any
2: good pastor, right? So I picked the three words, faith, hope, and love, um, to Mm -hmm. help organize this. We talked about, um, love because I think that is the center, the most important thing. Um, and Paul says, that's the one that will remain forever. Um, so we also talk about um, the faith that we hold, and we call that Christianity. Um, how is faith a virtue? Um, it's it's not virtuous to believe something when there's no evidence for it. It's not virtuous to believe against the evidence. Um, right. So what do we mean by that? Well, the most important part of faith is personal trust. Um, Faith always goes two ways. It means to trust a person to do what they've said, to be who um, they're represented as. And second, it means to act as though we really believe that. Um, Mm -hmm. So the person sees our faith in them by our actions and trust towards them. Um, It's, implies that we know something about the person we trust. Um, It is very destructive to have faith in a person who isn't who we think they are. Right. Um, And it's no credit if I have faith that, you know, so-and-so is a crook. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, okay, great. That just means I'll protect myself from them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's good. It's reasonable, but there's no... Nothing special about it. So, what does Christianity um, claim about Jesus, about the faith that we believe in? Well, first of all, the first point in our faith is that Christianity believes there is one God. Um, We are an offshoot of Judaism, um, which, okay, I was just about to go into a long history. Stop that. (laughs) We don't have time. (laughs) Um, But to to believe there is only one God is more than just to say, well, there are gods and we worship one of them. Um, mm. To believe there's only one God, it means there's one personal being who's responsible for the world as it was originally created and is responsible for everything that has come into existence. Um, so God didn't just make the world and then walk away. Um, right. He is responsible for everything each of us for sustaining us in life at each moment. Um, I, when Jesus wanted to give us an example of God loving his enemies, uh, this is in Matthew 5, his example was how God sends the wicked uh, sun and rain. Uh, and of course, he's talking to an agricultural society, so they understood those as being directly beneficial. You know, we just build roofs, and, or at least I just build a roof and stay under it, and that's my solution. <laughs> to sun and rain Mm -hmm. um okay right Uh, well okay and then um paul also witnessed to the um to the philosophers on mars hill by um introducing the god of israel he said you know you built this altar uh let me introduce you the god who created the whole universe so he he called out this one altar they they had many of them And he said, Well, there's one God who made everything and who gives each man life and breath and all things. Uh, Each person. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that it, it's important to also emphasize whenever we're talking about faith. I made a TikTok about this, and just so you guys, or just so everyone knows, our listeners, uh, CSG does have a TikTok now. So if you follow, or if you're or if you're on that platform, make sure to go give us a follow, and um, and yeah. But there's a video that I post on there about faith, and I just want to emphasize that again. Whenever we say that we trust God, whenever we you know believe in God, we believe in Jesus. We don't. We, what we don't mean is we acknowledge Jesus's existence. Like, I believe in the Easter money or something silly like that, right? Like, no. What we're saying is exactly what William emphasized. We are trusting Christ is not only who he says he is, right, God in the flesh, but that his sacrifice on the cross, the gospel that you hear Christians talk so much about, right, the death, burial, and resurrection, the good news that Jesus came, died for sinners, right? This is a trust in that message as well, right? Uh, William?
2: That's that's great, and and it certainly does have, it's it has direct results in how we act, yes. since we claim you know, since one of the claims is that we think God has given us everything, right. um, that has he, he's intended it as a good gift for us, mm-hmm. um, uh, so. What what this is only half of the idea of God, right? Um, it's kind of God one oh one. So we you know we got that from Judaism and Islam agrees. Um, some parts of Hinduism um, focus on the oneness of the ultimate source of being, even though it's not monotheistic. So there's yeah. some agreement there, right? But Christianity becomes very different from the others because. In addition to saying there's only one God and um, we identify that God as the source of all things, including being the source of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, We also say that Jesus is um, truly God as well as being truly man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this just this is the point where our little hour of discussion hits the sh- the rock the rocks of metaphorical shipwreck yeah. because I'm not going to have time to defend that sure. um but the best way I can explain it is just saying how it comes out in christian behavior mm-hmm. um okay. we are told that um everyone is going to bow to christ and call him the name that's above every other name um it turns out that that appears that that's a prophecy in isaiah 45 and if you look that up um god is is talking to a great ruler named cyrus that helped his people very much and he's warning cyrus and he's warning his people um that although cyrus was a great helper salvation came from god and there will come a time when every knee will bow Um, only to God, only to Yahweh, and -hmm. confess that he alone is the source of salvation. Mm, I'm sorry. So what I'm taking so long to say is that Christians believe that Jesus came from God and that God the Father and that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus is truly God. Right. Right, um, right. And we act as though that were true. We worship Jesus as God. That's right. So then, it's yet not we that...
1: behave as though we're monotheists. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that Jesus came from God. Jesus is the God that everything came from. Jesus isn't <laughs> just part of creation. Jesus is the creator, is what you're saying. Right, and and when you say Jesus isn't just part of creation,
2: in a sense, in his humanity, he is right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and in another sense. Even as the eternal Son of God, he comes from God, he comes right. from the father and it's a it's a head scratcher philosophers i act i think that the philosophers have done a fantastic job at explaining that, and that's definitely something we don't have time for
0: yeah, yeah.
2: um so I, all like it like I said, all I can say is that we Christians feel free to worship Jesus as God and and to read Jesus interacting with the father, you know, he prays to the father and calls him my God. Right. Um, right. and we accept that, mm-hmm. um, we I do. don't understand it, but we can't with, you know, the philosophers can explain it and the simple people. And I hope we can all be simple people. Some days mm-hmm. behave as though it's true.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love what Paul said in Colossians 1 about Christ, about, about the incarnation that we're talking about right here in, in uh, Colossians 1.15. Paul writes, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for all things in heaven and on earth were created in him. All things, whether invisible or, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him. And for him, he himself is before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, what you were talking about uh, a while ago, William, with uh, the community, right? As well as the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself may become first in all things. And I just absolutely, oh, and and to continue, uh, uh, verse 19 For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in the Son. And through him to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross through him, whether things in earth or things on earth or things in heaven. What we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus's sacrifice, this death that we hear that, you know, Christ, I I said it in the intro, right? What does this crucified Jewish carpenter have to do with me? Verse 20 says that he reconciles all things to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. This is cosmos, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about (laughs) the universe here.
2: All things. We're talking about the whole universe. And the amazing thing is that as much fun as the people who wrote the Ballad of Ricky Bobby um, – were having that when they had him do that kind of silly prayer dear eight pounds six ounce newborn baby Jesus don't even know a word yet just a little infant so cuddly but still omnipotent well yeah um, Jesus didn't just appear in a flash of light the avatar of God um, right all of a sudden Full-grown and teaching us this incredible wisdom that came straight from heaven, he did teach us wisdom that came straight from heaven. But he did that by beca- by spending a good deal of time pooing his diapers, mm-hmm. um, being taught to walk, being taught to talk, um, and this incarn. This is we call it the incarnation. Well, what does that mean? It means that God became flesh he became flesh and blood like
1: us in every way except for sin Mm -hmm. and that's really what we mean by the word incarnation by the way yeah when we say the word incarnation it means to become in flesh right Mm -hmm. and and to indwell and embody uh uh humanity but in in a perfected way and it's unique to him because he's god that he in fact lived perfectly, but he lived as a man perfectly, yeah. indwelled by God. Being yeah. it's so you're right, it's it's very difficult to, to explain this and I we, we don't really have time to to break yeah. down Trinitarian doctrine in the middle of it. We have an episode about that by the way. Yes um, we do. But uh, with with Andrew Elliott, just to give a name drop. Uh, but but the uh, the 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 thing that that really makes this all incredible is not just that Jesus came and became a man and lived and so forth. One of the things he did was reverse the order of everything you'd expect, like you just described. He didn't come in a flash of light. He came in a manger. He didn't mm-hmm. <clears throat> he didn't become a king instantly. He became a, an impoverished son of somebody who would have been you know the victim of loads of rumors. I'm sure. And mm-hmm. the adversity that would have to be faced when, when you're growing up in that situation. And he didn't come from, you know, silver spoons when he came. He was he was a man acquainted with sorrow and, and worry and and suffering. And the the centerpiece of Christianity is ultimately that he plunged right into the depth of that mm-hmm. human suffering That's and, and the, the the death that really is the end of all people. Right, all of yeah. us 10 out of 10 people die, it's not a very good statistic. So, what is it that the death and then after that we hear the, the second half of that because it's not the only thing he came back? We know that the Lord was risen from the dead, but what exactly is it that happened there, and why do we say the blood of his cross does anything, right? So, it's really uh, yes, let's.
2: I, I, that's a good transition, um, so. Yes, we're talking about how amazing it is that Christ was God and became man. We're going to see now that Christ was so um, willing to humble himself that he became man forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we kind of overemphasize, I shouldn't say overemphasize, but we put a lot of emphasis on Christ's death, Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't quite see that Christ's life in this humbled state just just like we are was way less than what he should have enjoyed uh, that right. he had eternally enjoyed um i suppose um well at any rate but um we we then move on to talking about that yes he he was so human that when he died, that was as bad for him as it would be for any of us. Right. Um, The sort of death that leaves a body that has to be buried. A Mm -hmm. body that was very important to him. If if you doubt that his body was important, take a look at Acts 2 where um, um, we see that yes, Christ was resurrected but it was very important that his body wasn't was still his when it was buried. Right? It it was important that his body did not see corruption in the miracle of the right. resurrection. Right. Okay. So a lot of people just see Christ as, you know, he died and now he's a um, spirit who um, you know, that right, an old man sitting the
1: clouds or something.
2: Right. And and we t- <laughs> you know, the clouds and harps and all that stuff and people kinda scratch oh! their head and go, Oh <laughs> Okay, I suppose it'll be good oh no, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what life will really be. oh, but I'm skipping. I'm getting ahead of myself mm-hmm. um because what happened to Christ next? So he left a body that had to be buried, and following that death, the uh traditional way is to say three days later, he rose from the dead. His body stood up again. He opened his eyes, the physical eyes that, you know, you can squint closed, and he could see again. Um, He left the tomb uh, not the same way he came in. In fact, he left the tomb empty without rolling the stone aside. Hmm. Um, There were some strange things that happened next, uh, but none of them as strange as a truly dead body um, being alive again, yeah. um, until you look at what we believe about that body. Because this new body is different. Mm-hmm. It is as imperishable as God is. Um, it it can't when, when die. When you
1: say imperishable, can you can you? What do you mean yeah. when you say imperishable? Well when you when you like... say
2: say you have something that's perishable, a banana or something like that. If you leave it too long on the counter, you won't want to keep it in the kitchen anymore. Right. Oh, so you
1: mean he won't go bad.
2: Yep. Oh, uh, what's the music? What is that?
0: There's music? Wow, that clear? was very strange. <laughs> No, uh, interesting. <laughs> uh,
1: that, sorry, that derailed my train a little bit. <laughs> but no, no, that's that's okay,
0: great. So you you asked,
2: any... uh, it, yeah. Christ, Christ's body won't go bad. Um, it means more than that, though. It, to be imperishable means there's nothing you can do to make it become closer to going bad. Um, Christ's body cannot be hurt anymore. Mm. Um, the, it 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 cannot die. Uh, or it cannot be brought closer to dying. Um, And indeed, he will live forever. Death does not have any right to him anymore. Hmm. Um, This is something that no other... I mean, there's a lot of resurrections in the Bible. Lazarus was raised up, and that's said to be a resurrection. Right. Um, But it's not the same thing at all as never dying again. Exactly what Joshua so said. Uh, Lazarus yeah, died. So this is, if, is a new if, body. And what's really interesting about this is that this was a long plan of God, a very long plan, um, that humans die, but by sending, by coming Himself, um, and dying for us, He could make our bo- make a body that's suitable for us, but is immortal, is imperishable, that can't even be hurt. Yes. Uh so this is actually the central promise of Christianity if you read uh first Corinthians fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um that Paul says if we don't believe that we will be raised up um unable to die anymore, that you might as well not be a Christian at all. It would be way smarter. To not be a Christian, if you don't, um, ha- if you don't have that promise, mm-hmm. right. um, because what we know about death, uh, well, we don't know a lot. Nobody, you know, nobody gives us stories about being dead, um, at least not in the Bible. Um, wh- what we know about death is that it's not a very social place um and we are made to be social and i i want to point out genesis 126 where god plans to create man he says Mm -hmm. let's make man in our own image and let him rule over uh, let them rule over all the creatures and over all of creation Mm -hmm. that's a summary uh? Mm -hmm. but notice notice that Being in God's image means, it implies um, being in charge of creation in this servant leadership where we are taking care of um, maintaining the earth, maintaining the creatures of the earth. Um, This really, really requires a body. It requires a creation to be intact um, so that we can work with it. Um, Moving over the face of the water as a spirit uh, is something God does to maintain creation, mm-hmm. but working with our hands is what we do.
0: Kind of like co-partners so with What you
1: are saying is that mm-hmm. what you are saying is that it ultimately when we when we are, let's say, when our allegiance is with Christ, uh-huh. his uh, his gift for us is to share in his eternal rule and reign as the immortal man. Right. Right. And that fulfills our purpose.
2: It's what we were actually designed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. The image Um, of God. Right. And that also kind of redirects our purpose as well. We weren't designed to serve ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we weren't even quite completely designed just to serve each other. Mm -hmm. We were designed to serve everything to protect mm. and to keep it. Serve creation and itself. And as we learn that this is our ultimate goal, um, that directs our, in as we see that in faith, that directs a response in actions to serve and protect everyone and everything or to learn how to do that because, of course,
1: we don't have the power. Right, right. Okay, so fair did... enough. Um, let's say that we have about uh, 20 minutes or so left. Um so I I wanted to kind of to push on to uh what we mean by salvation when somebody has faith like you said before a trusting uh purposeful allegiance toward God uh that that impacts not only my thinking but my behavior and my values and everything else um what is it that we mean when we say I'm saved there's a there's a quote from uh a <laughs> story with Paul in the jailer and he says what must I do to be saved and yeah. the simplest answer was, believe and confess, right? And and this this kind of simplicity. It seems like really that's it. Like really, um, what is it? What is it that we're talking about? When I say repentance as a change of mind, right? Or mm-hmm. faith as a as a trust towards God. Um, what is it that that God does to me to bring me into a kingdom? Right. So so there's one point that's kind of.
2: Um touches on what we just said that we have this promise that we'll be saved by giving these imperishable, unkillable bodies mm-hmm. um, we'll be saved by being restored to um, our complete fullness of purpose um, serving right. all of creation um, but there's so much more than that um, because our final point of faith is that although Christ left us by ascending into heaven mm-hmm. um He is currently in heaven ruling over and planning um, his church. Um, And he did not leave us without help. So he sent the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, And the Spirit helps us to live holy, loving lives like the life Christ lived on earth. And it is through living, um, following the direction of the Spirit um that uh i'm sorry i was distracted uh that we hear this promise that when we do that we will be given this immortal body so everything follows everything follows from one another this is where everything comes together that we learn to give ourselves and we learn to receive the power to give ourselves from God, not from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we really did give ourselves, but we didn't have the power of God to rely on, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, um, we would be giving something away permanently. Mm. Okay, um, so then let's say um, that, in, that in, that in terms we of... could die We could die for someone else, and then we'd be dead. And that's the whole story. That's all she wrote,
1: right? And so, so the self sacrifice isn't necessarily where it ends. I, right. I, no. So when we when we put our faith in Christ, right, mm-hmm. and we receive uh, the good news of what we call the gospel that that Jesus came, became mm-hmm. a man, lived perfectly as a man in not only in my place but as an example for me to follow as well. Um, I I trust him, and I put my allegiance towards him. I changed my thinking to agree with him and God gives to me righteousness and that's kind of a you know 100 dollar word let's say it means um, <laughs> God and I are in the right place with one another now I've yeah. gotten into right standing with him I've mm-hmm. I've gotten into the right position to be in co- to to correspond with God to be in communion with God and he's the one that has done this for me he's the one who's the judge right? It's it's perfect. It's perfect that you're saying this right now,
2: because this is (laughs) exactly the lesson we take away at this step of of, uh, talking. Um, Because we recognize that we can't live forever without God's help, because we recognize that all of this um, goodness that we're trying to follow is because we have God's direct help through the Holy Spirit. Um, All of that leads us to realize that when we say that we're supposed to follow Christ, we don't mean that we're supposed to keep a code of laws perfectly. Rather, we're supposed to participate in Christ, to take um, Christ's power and to let that work in us. Um, right. there's, there's, a, uh, there's a saying that comes right after this amazing passage that describes Christ's humbling um, in Philippians 2. Um, and it it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works within you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay, so, so in terms of your, your, the, the way, because the way we're explaining this is all, is all very, um, very fluid. And I like how this is coming together. Um, but in terms of you're, you're talking about um, your participation with Christ in what he's doing to redeem all things. As we said before, he's redeeming yeah. all things, not just people, but the creation itself. And we're supposed to be in a position of guidance over the creation. And mm-hmm. the the image of God, what that means ultimately, and we have episodes on this also, is to be God's. God's representation and reflection in the earth, uh, uh, and and be in a position of authority and dominion like like Adam was given, and so to be restored to that place is actually a really in, in, incredible thing. If you uh, if you read the Bible, the entire Bible, and and understand the the context for what it means to be reconciled to God and be put in a, a position of authority, um, it's really just incredible to 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 see and understand what it is that god's gifting us uh when we haven't done anything to deserve it he did everything necessary in order to grant it to us and it's just so good it's so good um but i at the 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 thing that i kind of want to get to because we're running out of time real quick and we have about completely by grace alone you know 15 minutes left um when when we say the takeaway for for salvation for us um, let's say what, what we mean by that is not just that I prayed a prayer one time and then I, you know, I felt real good when the worship music happened. I got bumps and teared up a little bit. It's like, no, there's something fundamentally that changes about your person. The Bible, well, Christ Himself said it's being born again. Let's say, and I think that this this uh, this event and or process, let's say, is something that that happens. To us so that we can participate like you said not only in the life of Christ and our behavior but also in the body of Christ the church and being part of the community like you said at the beginning uh, that that God is making out of his own kingdom his dominion and 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 the 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 ability that we have to participate in what he's doing in the earth mm-hmm. um, is is really such a privilege that i don't I don't know that the uh, the um, the 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 way that the church or let's say popular level teachers on tv or something talk about being you know redeemed or uh you know being in the kingdom and so forth and a lot of that's attached to um just like material comfort and things like that it's like that's not at all what christ was doing when he was here and if we're following his example that won't really be our emphasis but it's not like god's going to withhold blessing from his people so it's kind of uh the The incredible thing that I think is happening when you when you're being born again, when you receive from the Spirit, um, and and are 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 enabled to participate in the body of Christ, is that you become something different than you were before. You're not just like remodeled with the same pieces and like ah, that's good enough. It's like no, you're made something totally different. And God begins to build on that foundation something that you never could have been before. The same way that if you plant a seed in the ground and you water it, it grows up. It's not; a, it doesn't just get it to be a bigger seed. It grows into something that it never would have been had you not buried it and and done this process. And so, there's something that comes out of us uh, uh, when 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 we are reconciled to God that way um, that that I think is really just so beautiful, and the way that it ties into the community of the church. Uh, is so is so uh like you said we 're made to be social creatures it 's literally yeah. part of our design to be in a position to be in community and mm-hmm. loving one another and receiving love as well. How many people are just falling apart all the time because they don 't feel like they 're receiving love mm. very
2: oh wow, yeah, that definitely happens and and just just to be. Um, kind of reiterated a point from a different point of view. This implies um, Christians are not always operating at this full Holy Spirit potential of giving this kind of self-sacrificial love um, because we don't always... we aren't always acting in faith. We aren't always receiving the strength to do that from God. I can't say how many times I've walked into a uh, room expecting a confrontation and thinking to myself, I can do this. Um, I've done it before, I can do it again. And, you know, it's it's good to be positive, right? I, I don't wanna say I can't do this. But so many times when I've done that, I'm setting myself up to be arrogant. Right. Um and and uh, I've done that and then I've failed and then I've looked back and said, Oh, you know what? I should have come into that room saying, um, you know, the whole I I'm doing this through the Holy Spirit, uh, not through myself. Um because it, it's 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 it is a mark of faith. It's you know, all these things we've been saying about faith, it's a mark of faith that we realize we have to be doing this through God or it's no good at all it has no application to being religious it's just uh well i mean it's not that it's bad for me to do good things it's just that it's not, it's not going fixing to have any the lasting problem. importance right it's not fixing the real problem we're dealing with so then so, okay and what... this is like this, I was saying we're,
1: we're we're getting close to closing time. I'm I'm not sure what happened right. to Tyler's mic, but uh, we're getting close to closing time here. I right? am not sure how many minutes we have left. If you can signal that for me, uh, that all would right. be great. But, I wanted to um, say the
2: last word. Then at least we can get to that is hope. Um. So I said I said love is the center. Faith is all these doctrinal points, but they they come out in how we live, and hope. Is not, When we say hope, we don't mean the kind of hollow feeling, maybe something will happen, but it's out of our control. We mean an optimistic expectation of a good thing that we don't have now, but we will have later. Um, and And what this means for Christianity is that we believe there will be a time when all that's wrong will be made right. Um, Amen. There's this resurrection that will happen in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, that, um, that those who have died in Christ will be made alive, um, that death itself ceases to operate. It, it won't be a meaningful thing for someone's life to end. Um, that God's people are brought to life in the same way Christ was that we talked about earlier. Um, So Paul explains this hope and says a few important things. Um, This is not a hope that we partially have now and we're slowly making more real or that God is making more real. Um, Even though heaven is um, real and important, it is not the hope that Christianity talks about. Um, because Paul says that once our hope is fulfilled, it won't be hope at all anymore, because we'll have it fully. Uh, that's
1: Romans right. eight, by the way. Right. You um, don't hope for things you already have. You hope for the future.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and, and of course, not having hope anymore, we won't have that in the sense that we won't have the expect. We won't have the good thing. It'll be because we fully have it. Um, and so second, um, Paul says that the fulfillment of this hope needs to change all of creation, not just us. And and this is part of why, this is part of how I interpret some of those um, texts. Um, you know, maybe someday we can talk about the resurrection as it's taught in the Bible. Um, but I believe it's, we it would not be useful or meaningful to us to be resurrected in an immortal body where everything around us was um, enslaved to decay. I think everything has to be resurrected. Otherwise, we'd be like those sad stories where somebody wishes they could live forever and then finds themselves sadly bidding farewell to everything that's meaningful in life. You know, right, as everything right. dies and they're left... You know, alone in the cosmos, in a cosmos that has nothing but them.
1: Um, uh, right. But anyway, that would be very it, to suffer loss for eternity. Would be, yeah, that doesn't sound very heavenly. That's right.
2: <laughs> grim. Um. So when it changes all of creation, this is where we mentioned earlier, sitting on clouds and strumming harps. Um. That won't be what will happen. I admit, I don't know what we will be doing. I don't know what um, vital tasks we'll have as we serve one another, as we show our love for God, Um, as we are. um, The the Bible ends with a picture where um, the saved reign with God and Christ forever and ever. Um, That reigning means that we're finally put in that position that um, we were designed for in Genesis One, that we are in the image of God and we're designed to take this um, servant ruler, servant leadership over all of creation. We'll finally be in that position. Again, I don't know what that looks like. But we will be embodied people like we are now. uh, Different, but like. Um, We'll be in a creation that we were designed to direct with compassion
1: and love for all of
2: Christ's creation.
1: That's all I prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> end. <laughs> so Tyler, you've been quiet for a while. What do you, what do you what do you think about this discussion so far, buddy?
0: Can you guys hear me now?
1: I do. I certainly can.
0: Well, I think that I was doing so much on my end trying to get reconnected that I missed the majority of it, but from what I heard it sounds the thing of it is, guys, like there is a lot that goes into this, as we have seen tonight. And we are going to expand on this in the upcoming episodes, what everything we've talked about tonight. The issue, if I could say one thing to anybody that's listening right now, it would be this. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Right. And if we're honest with, with ourselves, we know that there there's only one remedy for that. Is righteousness we must have some righteousness to stand in front of God right if, if I were to stand in front of God and and just let's pretend for a second God asked me Tyler why should I let you into heaven my answer would be it's not because I'm a good person because you know I'm not but Christ Christ is the answer Christ lived the perfect life. Christ died for my sins. Second Peter twenty or Second Peter two twenty four tells us Isaiah fifty three right. He bore our sins in his body on the cross. And not only that, but what you guys touched on. He rose from the dead. He now sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for all of those who believe in him. Right, and then he will come back. I forget where it's at, but he, um, Hebrews I think it is Hebrews uh, chapter nine. One of the last verses of the chapter states that the next time he. Returns, it will be to bring salvation, and that's our hope. That is what I'm trusting, and that's what everyone who calls themselves a Christian trusts in is Christ. And so that would be my, my, the last thing that I can say, and then we'll take this out of here is trust Jesus. The Philippian jailer that they were talking about earlier, he said, what must I do to be saved? And what was Paul's answer? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your entire household with that. So that's the meat. That's the bones. If we can say it like that of Christianity, it's Christ and Him crucified and risen from the dead. Josh, you got any final words for us, brother? We got about uh, just, three minutes.
1: I was going to say mostly just uh, thank you for for addressing the why question because we've been explaining so much about yeah. what Christ did, but you really just nailed the, the the you you hit the nail on the head right there with why He did it. Why was it necessary for God to die? Um, mm-hmm. It's ultimately to deal with death. Uh, that's what we've been saying But the implication is what in the world was he doing that for? And the answer is me, you, yeah. his people, mm. his, his people who are to be with him forever in his image. Those people have been bought by the blood of Christ. They put their faith in him and he receives them as they receive him. This is it. Like I said before, is just mind bogglingly beautiful that God would even have it in himself to look at me and be like, you know what? I see you and I I love you where you are, but I love you too much to leave you there. Come home. Like that's just so incredible to me. And I am so satisfied with how the ground floor, let's say, was laid in this episode. I feel like we have a really great foundation to build on for the next nine episodes of how this is supposed to look when you're doing it.
0: That's right. William, uh, real quick, uh, we got about a minute left, is where else can people find you if they want to hear more uh, from you? William, still here with us, buddy? Well, Josh – or am I or am I gone? I no, you're still here. Okay. William are you there, bud? So
2: Yeah. Yeah. My my I uh do most of my ministry for uh the uh group Rethinking Hell. Mm-hmm. Um we're we're we try to help the church um think about the very difficult concept of hell. Uh, the center kind of the central concept where... Presenting is the idea of conditional immortality, Mm -hmm. um, that what Christ came to save us from is death in its um, very literal sense of the end of life. Um, But of course, it's important that we present ourselves as Christians not as just partisans of one side.
0: Amen, brother. Well, I really appreciate you coming on with us. Make sure to check out Rethinking Hell, Chris Date, William, all of those guys. We really appreciate you guys coming on. We'll be back next Friday with part or episode number two of this 10-episode series. So join Josh and I at CompleteCenters.com. We will see you then, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. God bless and stay Christ-like. Happy New Year.